Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Judges, chapter 14, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Because Samson has gone after a woman that he wants, he actually will never become the man that God wants him to be, really, and he will never um, um, marry, marry the woman that God really wanted him to marry in the first place. Now, I, I really believe that. Somebody asked me one time, they said, do you actually believe that there's one woman for one man on the earth, Pastor Rodney? I said, I absolutely do. Yes, I do. You actually believe that I'm supposed to find the one woman on the entire earth now that I'm supposed to find the one woman for me. Is that what you're saying, Pastor Rodney? I said, no, that is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that if you will be patient and wait on the Lord, let me tell you something. God knows how to bring her. I don't care where she is. She could be a pygmy in Africa. God will clean her up. Or wherever the pygmies are, I don't know where they are. Somebody told me, but I forgot. But God will clean her up, give her nice teeth. Amen. Come on. <laughs> now, you know nice teeth is a prerequisite. <laughs> and then fix her up and <laughs> fix her up and bring her to you. And, and bring it to you. And, and it's important to simply just say, you know, God, you know, if Samson would have, l- l- listen, if Samson would have just simply made it his priority to say, God, I want, you know, the woman that, that, that you have for me. And God, I will wait for the woman that you have for me. And God, I will not settle for anyone less than the woman that you have for me. Then if he would have waited, he would have been a lot better off. God would have brought her to him. If you want to be married, that's okay. But the problem is, is when people want to be married and they go out trying to, you know, single people, can I talk to you? The problem becomes when you want to be married that you go out to find the mate that you want. And let me tell you, that just gets weird. People looking for mates at Harris Teeter at the broccoli section. I mean, what's up with that? You know, I'm shopping for broccoli. You've been shopping for broccoli for three hours. You're standing there, it's going through the broccoli, waiting to see who comes along. You know, oh, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. Mmm, nice broccoli. Nice guy. Hey, you like broccoli? I like broccoli. What do we have in common? Broccoli? Oh, okay, well, let's get married. What, what is up with that? You know, see, you're trying to make it happen yourself. 
Versus saying, Lord, you know, I just want to wait on you. If Samson would have just waited on the Lord, he'd have been a lot better off. Nothing wrong with wanting to be married. Nothing wrong with wanting to stay single. Unless, of course, you're married. Then (laughs) that would be a problem. (laughs) But there's nothing wrong. Really, I mean, you know, because I know that there's a pressure and Mary, folks, just give me a minute. I'm talking to single people. I know that there is a pressure to be married, and especially in church, especially in church, because everybody's married. Everybody got the cheerings. Depending <laughs> on where you're from, you're cheering. <laughs> Everybody, you know, you got kids and everything that the church does is for the married folks and their families and whatever happens to the single people. I know I talk to them. I know. And and there's this pressure to get married. Listen, don't be under pressure to get married. You know, God could have if God has given you the gift of celibacy, then, then you should stay unmarried. If you can be unmarried and you like to be unmarried, there's nothing wrong with being unmarried. Why is there this pressure? You know what? As a matter of fact, being unmarried, you could do more for Jesus than married folks. Yes, you can. You can do more for the Lord than married people because married people got to check with each other. (laughs) Honey, do you mind if I move to India? Yes, I do. And you going by yourself? If you're going, see ya. I ain't going nobody's in there. I, I, I laugh about that because that actually happened to me. <laughs> I said, honey, you know, I can live in India. I said, I said, honey, I can live in India. You know, I said, I can live in India. She said, you can. <laughs> by yourself, with yourself. <laughs> And you, and you know, when you're married, you, you kind of have to do the married thing and check with each other and talk to each other and communicate. And, you know, my heart's got to be your heart and your heart's got to be my heart. And, you know, we got to do all this, you know, balance the checkbook together. And do we have enough money collectively and all of this stuff? But when you're single, you don't have to do that. You want to go to India? Go to India. You don't have to check with anybody. Just get on a plane and go. I mean, really, that's kind of a nice thing. You want to buy something? Buy it. You want to buy a gift for Pastor Ronnie? Buy it. (laughs) Share. (laughs) You know, I mean, you can do these things. You don't have to, honey, can I buy a gift for Pastor Ronnie? No. You don't have to do that. So when you're single, it's good. It's okay to be single, but it isn't okay when you, when you want to be married and then you start to take things into your own hands. It's not okay when you want to be married and you start to manipulate situations so that you can get married. You see, it's, it's okay. What you need to do, if you want to be married, that's okay. Tell that to the Lord. Tell that to God. Take all your castor cares upon him. He cares for you. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Right? So that's all right. But, but you have to wait on the Lord. Because sometimes, you know, and don't get impatient with your church either. That happens too. Well, you know, ain't no cute guys at Calvary Chapel, so I'm just going <laughs> to. 
see, I've, I done had all these conversations. I know, Mom, I know what I'm, I know what I'm talking about here, all right? You know, Pastor Roddy, ain't no cute girls at Calvary Chapel, and all the ones that's cute, they don't want to go out with me. I'm like, well, then you need to fix something. What you want me to tell you? I mean, <laughs> go buy something to wear or something, fix stuff up, take a shower. <laughs> I mean, they, none of the girls want to go out with me. I'm like, and you, you not know why? <laughs> you know, and, 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 you, and you know, it's, 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 nobody can't jump. So then you're going to go to another church because there's cuter guys over there or some of the girls don't know you. And, and you know how that goes. You, you just got to, you need to wait. You know, the, there's, 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 you know, there's a spiritual deal. There, there's, a, um, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a spirituality in just waiting on God. You know, people talk about, you know, how spiritual they are because they speak in tongues or they shout or they do this or they prophesy and they do all these other things. But you know what? Show me how spiritual, how spiritual you are as I watch you wait on the Lord. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary, run and not faint. You know, you need to wait on God. And I believe that if you are waiting in faithfulness and holiness and patience and and just waiting on the Lord, God will bring that person to you supernaturally. You know, it is very possible that person's not at Calvary Chapel yet. It's very possible, here's one for you, that that person's not even saved yet. God will save them and bring them just to you. How do I know that? Because that happened to me. Do you know I got saved January 23rd, January 23rd, 1982, got saved and met my wife the same day. Did y'all know that? Did I ever tell y'all that? Well, I just told you now. I got saved and met my wife the same day. And she had already been a Christian for 10 plus years or whatever. But God had to save me and then bring me to her. So it is very possible that the person that you're waiting for is not even a Christian yet. The point is, you don't have to figure all that out. We're just talking, okay? We're just conversating. You don't have to figure all that out. What you need to know is W-A-I-T. Wait. And if you wait on God, then God will bring that person to you supernaturally. And until then, can I share something with you? It would be better for you to remain unmarried than to marry a non-believer. Say amen, saints. It would be, I cannot tell you the horror stories that I have heard from many, 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 many people who have married a non-believer. You know, I would tell you don't even go out to dinner. First question at the, when you're checking out your broccoli. <laughs> First question, okay, are you a Christian? You're a believer? Get around to it. I don't know how you're going to do it. Weave it into the broccoli conversation. I don't know what to tell you, but you need to do that. 
you, you need to do that. And the reason why you need to do that, because you don't even want to go to dinner. Now, listen, listen close. You don't even want to go to dinner with someone who is not a believer. Yeah, but he's cute. So there's another cute one coming. Just wait. Don't even go to dinner with him. It's not that you got to be holy or righteous and now and, I, you know, I'm a Christian, so I don't talk to non-believers and, you know, that kind of thing. Don't go there. That's not what this is all about. But what it is about is that you don't want to even go out dinner with them because Satan will use that, just that little temptation, and it'll be a really, really nice dinner. It'll be perfect because he's always a gentleman before he marries you. It'll be perfect, and you'll want to go out again. And it'll be perfect. And you'll want to go out again. And it'll be perfect. And before you know it, you got feelings for this person that you really shouldn't have had in the beginning. Samson, you had no business being in Timna in the first place. So wait on the Lord. And don't get unequally yoked with unbelievers. Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 14 through 17. Hey, read it again with me, will you? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Balaam? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement, read it with me, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and don't touch the unclean thing. You see, you're not to be equally, you're not to be yoked up with unbelievers. And, and when you do, you're bringing Christ into an ungodly, unholy relationship. This is why you're not to do it. Because you are the temple of the living God. And you have no fellowship with those who are not believers. I met so many people and talk to so many Christians who have married unbelievers. And if they could sit down and share with you, they would change your mind about so much as dating someone. I can't tell you the, 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 the horror, the devastation, the destruction, the headache, the heartache that, that has been brought into their lives. So you need to wait. Just wait on the Lord. You know, and, and, and God will bring them. God will bring them to you. God will supernaturally bring them to you. And, and because Samson didn't wait on the Lord, Samson was driven by his eyes. He married an unbeliever, and it was destruction. Notice in verse 3, Then his father and his mother said to him, is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, get her for me. Or oh, I ain't trying to hear that. Get her for me, for she pleases me well. In the Hebrew, it reads, she is right for my eyes. See, it's all about his eyes. It's just all about what he sees. I see it, I want it. This is the story of his life. But his father in verse 4 and his mother did not know. This is fascinating, interesting verse. Did not know that it was the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Hmm. 
For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. And so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. Now notice, stop right there, give me your attention. Notice his mom and his dad gives him some wonderful, good, godly advice. And they said, Samson, isn't there a woman of your own people? Do you have to take a Philistine? In other words, Samson, she is not right for you. Can't you find another woman? Can't you find a woman who loves God? Can't you find a woman among your own people? And they pleaded with him. And so the Bible says that Samson went down, but he didn't go down only because he looked at a woman. He went down because also, listen, he went down because he didn't listen to his parents. Okay, so now we need to talk to the kids. It's important, hey, the big kids too, okay? The Bible is very, very, very clear. When you honor your parents, you are honoring God. When you disrespect your parents, you're disrespecting God. And even as big kids, if you have parents who are alive, you're expected to honor your parents. I think we think once you get 18, then you don't have to honor your parents anymore. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says children in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, if you're taking notes, write it down, look it up your own time. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 through 3, honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And people who don't honor their parents cannot be blessed. Did you know that? You cannot be blessed when you don't honor your parents. Whether you're young or old. God expects us to honor our parents. Kids, honor your mother and father. Even if you don't agree with them, honor your mother and father. Because when you honor your mother and father, you're honoring God. And when you honor God, you guessed it, God will honor you. You know, I'm amazed at the level of disrespect in our country today for, for children and their parents. I am amazed. I'm amazed at how I hear children speak to their parents. I am amazed. That would not happen if Gertrude was your parent. And my mother's name is Gertrude. And she didn't have that. She just didn't have that. Whatever happened in causing your kids to respect you. Causing them, granted, you need to be respectable. But the Bible's very clear. When you honor your parents, God will honor you. And so Mo, uh, Samson's mom and dad is saying to Samson, look, this woman is not right. And, and, and as a dad, I know how that is because when my kids, you, you know, used to bring home a guy, I can look at him and tell. They come walk through my front door. I look at him, turn around, go right back out. No, no, no. But dad... You didn't even get to know them. That's right. I don't want to know them. That is correct. 
They're not right. I can tell. Dads know. Don't, don't we dads? We know. It's just something. Of, I don't know what it is. It's, it's dad spiritual insight. I mean, it, it's in the Bible. And, and you know, it's, it, it's, it's somewhere in the, in, the, in the Bible. But it's a dad deal. I mean, dads, we know when that guy is not good for you. And how many times, don't ask my kids, but how many times have I said, no, 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 no. Now, if I like them, let me tell you a little something, okay? If I like them, and I think they might possibly work out, then, then I have them over for pizza dinner, okay? And pizza dinner means I'm having you for dinner, Okay. <laughs> That just means I'm going to sit you down. We got to look across the table. I got to check you out. You know, it's not about your family. It's not about your mom, your dad, your money, your education, nothing like that. What I want to know is where are you at with the Lord? That's all I want to know. And, 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 and I want to help you. I want to help my kids in this way. And so you can see that. The mom and the dad, and this is very clear. Samson, you don't need to be taking people, taking a wife from, from a people that, that God would not have you to. His mom and his dad, they knew that. And so notice, go on in verse 6 through 9. Look at this. So he, so he gets down there. He went down to Timnah in verse 5. We got to point this out. And, and his father and his mother, they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And notice at the end of verse 5. And to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. Did you see that? A young lion came roaring against him. Now, don't think that this is like a, a, a Simna, Simba from the Lion King. This is a young lion that is in the prime of its life. This is a lion that is dangerous and deadly beast. Now, when you look up lion in the scripture, you find in 1 Peter chapter 5, the Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So here Samson finds himself in an area where he's not supposed to be. And what's the first thing he runs into? A lion, which in type is like Satan. Now notice in verse 6, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. In other words, there was nothing to it. Though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. And then he went down and he talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. After some time when he returned to get her, he turned aside, notice, to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. And he took some of it in his hands and he went along eating. And when he came to, the fa to his father and his mother, he gave some to them and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Notice that. So he gets to Timnah. He finds this young lion. And the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and Samson tore the lion limb from limb. The spirit came upon him. In Matthew chapter three, we talked about this some time ago. The spirit of God, you know, came upon Jesus when he came up out of the waters of baptism. And the Bible says that he was empowered by the spirit. The very next chapter in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is tempted by the roaring lion. 
Satan. And as you remember, he was tempted to beat back, tempted by the devil, and he beat back the devil with the words, it is written. It is written, it is written, as Satan tempted him three times. So the Bible's clear that Jesus overcame Satan, but the previous chapter from Matthew chapter 4 lets us know that when he came out the waters of baptism, the Spirit of God had also come upon him. So that tells us that Samson defeated, tore this lion limb from limb because the Spirit came upon him, and Jesus did his earthly ministry because the Spirit came upon him. And that tells us that if we're going to be effective for the Lord at all, the Spirit of God has got to come upon you. Amen, saints? Very important. You know, the Spirit of God, you cannot live without the Spirit of God. You can't overcome the enemy unless you do it through the power of the Spirit of God coming upon you. I was talking to a brother Monday And Sunday was awesome. God saved so many people. Would you clap your hands for the Lord? Would you? Thank you, Lord. God saved so many. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wound up getting this brother on the phone who had given his life to Christ. And he he tells a funny story. He says that, you know, when he first came to church Sunday... He said, Pastor, I got I to gotta tell you. He said, I didn't even want to be in church. He said, I didn't want to come. He said, I was ill. Well, I, I don't know if he's here tonight, but he said, I was ill when I came to church, meaning he was in a really bad mood. Didn't want to be here, he said. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.